as everything around us seems to be moving very fast. You can see in the spiritual realm how everything is moving. It is time that we as a church take a standing position. Move from being a defensive position to an offensive position. We cannot give to the enemy ground that we have taken with so much prayer and prayer before us. There is many people that have been praying and praying and praying for this nation for so many years. We have to keep, continue to fight on the spirit. Just remember, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but we have to fight in the spirit. Tonight, I want to talk about peacemakers. Everybody say peacemakers. I want to talk to you about peacemakers. And before I do that, I want to invite you, if you guys haven't seen Pastor Alex series on the Beatitudes, he has an awesome message about peacemakers in the series. But tonight in this place, I want to talk about peacemakers, but also about peacekeepers. Sometimes we, don't, we cannot separate the difference. But I hope that tonight, if you give me your next three hours, <laughs> I got your attention there. No, I won't be that long. For the, last, for the next few minutes, just let's, let's go together. And let's, let's see what the, the, the Word of God wants to tell us about what kind of Christians God wants us to be. Let's go to Matthew 5, 9. Matthew 5, 9. He said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Pay attention to this because it's not, the Bible don't say, Blessed are the peacekeepers. Say, peacemakers. For they shall be called children of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And God is a God of Peace. Uh, Isaiah 9.6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Romans 16.20 says, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet surely. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. So, although these words are very similar, are not the same. As a matter of fact, as, as I was preparing for this sermon, I was looking in the Spanish I was looking in Italian. I was looking in Portuguese. And so far, these three languages don't have a separation on the word. There is no meaning or a word that defines one from the other. As far as I went, only the Greek and English. Praise God for English tonight. <laughs> it will have very difficult to explain this in Spanish. And Spanish is my first language. <laughs> Because there is no word that can separate the definitions of one and the other. So let me start with this. Let me let you know what each one means. Peacemaker. A peacemaker is some, someone who is willing 
to resolve both outer and inner turmoil in order to establish peace with others and within themselves. Peacemaking will require engaging in conflict and tension to help bring the situation to a solid place. I saw some of your faces when I said conflict. Listen, just wait to the end of the sermon. I don't want that when I finish my sermon, you go and want to practice karate with some brother and sister up there. Because what I'm talking about conflict is not what you think it is. Amen? <laughs> a peacekeeper, if you have a problem, we do it one-on-one, -on -one, don't worry. <laughs> a peacekeeper, on the other hand, desires to maintain peace by avoiding. Everybody say avoiding. Trying to maintain peace by avoiding conflict. They typically giving to the tension and steer clear of disagreement to keep others happy. Peacemakers hate, peacekeepers hate rocking the boat. Therefore, they will sacrifice their own inner peace to maintain a facade of peace with others. So I want to ask you today, where we are, peacekeepers or peacemakers? Because there is some time in our life that, that we can relate to the peacekeeping situation. As a matter of fact, there was a time in my life when, when I was like trying to be a peacekeeper, not to make others happy. Since God, because I have a pastor that shake me, I said, do you know the difference? Do you know what is happening? And then it was like a light bulb on my head. So I want to share with you tonight what I have learned through this time. Because I know that in some points of your life, we're going to be dealing with this situation. And because the word conflict scares us, we don't want to be that person. We don't want to get in somebody's life and tell them that we love them, but they are wrong. Our love from far away don't gonna take, don't, don't gonna lead anybody to heaven. Just keep loving him for afar and then he's telling you, no, if the ways are not changed, if they're not touched by the Holy Spirit, there's a place for them. And no matter how much you love them, if you never went to them and tell them, listen, God love you. There is somebody that's been praying for you. Listen, whatever you're going through, I wanna be there with you, I'm gonna pray for you. No matter how much you love them, they're gonna go to a place that you won't be. Romans 12, 18, and NLT, he said, do all that you can, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all. It took me a while to, to see what, what was happening on, on that contest. Do all. It requires an action. It requires to have peace with others. To live in peace with others requires for us to do an action. It's a moving action. It's a pursuing of something. Actively pursuing something. Or the search, uh, you'd say, we have to do something. There is something that has to be done. You know, when, when we go to the book of Jeremiah, there was something that was happening. God sent a message to his people about the destruction of the northern kingdom. 
because the prophets and because the priests were doing their own thing. Were giving words that weren't appointed by God. Was lying to people. Telling them shalom, shalom, shalom. Peace, peace, peace. Everything's going to be all right. Meanwhile, God is, t- is, t- is telling them you have to repent. Or I will bring destruction to the city. Jeremiah 6.14 says this. This is God talking to his people. They have healed the wounds of my people light, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. The NLT version says it this way. They offer superficial treatments for my people mortal wounds. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. You know what I give thanks tonight? I give thanks that I'm part of this ministry. That don't compromise the word to tell me what I want to hear. I ain't gonna, I, I thank God for a ministry that, that I know that gonna hear what I need to hear. I know what I want to hear to make me happy. To go home like feeling like all nice and fluffy. I want to feel the way of the Lord on my shoulders. I want to feel the shaking and telling me, you have to work in this. You have to make it right. And sadly, sadly, all around the world, more and more often we see messages that are trying to please the man more than to please God. Sounds familiar? Shalom, shalom. Everything's going to be all right. It's okay. It's going to be fine. You stay where you are. You don't move from your comfort zone. Everything is going to be all right. But the problem there is that peacemaking is not avoiding conflict. God doesn't avoid conflict. If God avoids conflict, we won't be here tonight. If God in his wrath put all this wrath together and come down on us, there was nothing. We will be well done. Maybe more than that. But he chose instead to get into the conflict, into our situation, to stand on the gap. And he have a plan. His name was Jesus. Is you think that I, I know I know in agreement with you. I don't think that God likes com- uh, God likes love conflict. Let's see. Psalm twenty three verse four. Oh, we all know the psalm. But I want to walk you there. He says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Why? For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. Now you're telling me that it's no conflict in there? When you're walking through the darkness, when you're walking through your problems, when you're dealing with the problems of the world and the problems in your mind and your problems in your heart, there is no shepherd that we stand there. We go into that place to rescue from that. The Bible says in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So somebody tell me that it's no conflict in there. What is conflictive is us thinking that there is no conflict. And vice versa. Whatever that means. Because God definitely will go through anything, through balance to rescue you. 
the only sheep, his only one sheep that went away. And the good shepherd went for that one. You, 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 you are all important to him. There is nothing that he don't know about you. Even the hair that falling out of your hair, the tear that you shed this morning, he cares about you. Do we care about the other, others the same way that he does? You know, come to my mind when uh, the disciples were on the boat and, and the wind was against them. And Jesus, and Jesus was for, come from the shore and just walked through the water. Once again, Jesus go through the, through the conflict, through the process to get to his disciples. But it's something special in another illustration. And is Jesus is in the boat and there is a crazy storm. There is a crazy storm happening. And Jesus is sleeping. Don't sleep tonight because I'm going to wake you up in five different languages. <laughs> but Jesus was. That is peace. The peace that the world calls peace is not shalom. When the Bible talks about shalom, I have shared with, this, with you in the past, but I talk about the, not only the absence of conflict, but the presence of serenity. Shalom speaks about fullness, completeness. Not only the peace external, but only but also the peace with God, peace with yourself, and peace with others. Which means that no matter what situation you are, you may tumble for a second, but remember that the peace that he said that he will give you is not the peace that the world will give you. He said, do not be afraid. The peace that the world offers it's not that the peace that I'm going to give you. So although we call both the same, let it not be confused. Because peace from the world and shalom are not the same. The world is not at peace right now. Can you say amen to that? I mean, just last week or the two weeks ago, we all saw what happened. But I want to give you a few examples. And it's not that I'm getting political. It's just that most of you will remember what I'm going to talk about. I'm just going to mention it. But it will give you an idea how we, and I say we as a church, not this church, but the church, has taken a peacekeeper standings instead of a peacemaker. 1962, the Supreme Court rule that school mandated prayers were unconstitutional. January 22nd, 1973, abortion becomes legal again as I was prior to 1820. On June 26, 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down all states' bans and legalized same-sex marriage. I don't want to keep going. But I'll give you an idea, right? Those who have ear to hear, hear. 
those that can see will see. And little by little, just because we are taking a peacekeeper position, everything starts with the L, with the G, with the B, and you put the whole alphabet in there. But we don't understand that every letter that is added to that is every ground that the enemy is taking away from us. So we have to stand in prayer. We have to stand doing warfare for our families. We have to stand doing warfare for, for this nation. All this nation. All this nation. I'm the product of this nation. In 1939, there was a missionary that came out of this nation and went to my nation and started a ministry, a ministry that was stoked in the 1980s. This nation, many hate him, but I have done so many good things around the world. The Word of God had to be the source and the strength of this nation. We cannot give our back to God. There is a spiritual battle happening. And yes, you don't see every day, but now you that have the spiritual eyes to see it, you can sense it. It's in our face. It's in our schools. It's in our stores. It's in the news. Everywhere that you go. Do you know that it's even Bible companies that make print Bibles, known Bible sources, that are trying to change the wording so that they don't be offensive. We cannot say slaves anymore. Had to call them servants. And little by little, why you know? They will change our Bible too. That's what the Bible say. You know, you have to guard these words in your heart. Because even when the Bible is taken away from you, even when this, this is no longer available, it's in here. It's in here. Nobody will take it away from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to give you a few points on how to be effective peacemakers. Are you okay with that? Number one, depend on God. Depend on God. You cannot do it in your own strength. I cannot do it in my own strength. The result is going to be failure. Jesus depend on God. In the same way, we should depend on him. John 5, 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. Song, the son can do anything by himself. He, do, he, do, he does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. And we've been called to be imitators of Jesus. Number two, be prepared to give up your rights. And, and, and this one is something that me, we guys have a little more problems with that. And I, I put myself on there. I have to learn. But we have to be prepared to give up our rights. Jesus was. Philippians 2, 7 and 8. But made himself of no reputation. 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death and death on the cross. Man. What, what obedience. You know, many years ago I was in the situation. I was I shared with you a medical situation before. And there was one of my prayers. And I told him, God, I'm not afraid to die. But I'm afraid to die without a purpose. I don't want to live my life knowing that I cannot make a difference in someone's life. We have to live our life and wake up this morning. And when you go to bed, I say, do I was able to help somebody? Sometimes, sometimes because the nature of work, you don't have much interactions with people. That's not Pastor Brian's. Pastor Brian don't have that problem. But sometimes you, ha- you have your own task and you have your own place where God has placed you. And even then, you can be a blessing to somebody else. So in everything that we do, let's try to do it with excellence. That way we can impact somebody's life that is going to be the product or it's going to be on the other side of what are you doing. Be a blessing to somebody else. Don't live a life without purpose. Don't live a life with the, uh, uh, watching the game from afar. We have to get in the game. We have to be a part of the action. Don't be a part of the, of the peacekeepers. Because it's not me, I won't get involved. If it's my problem, yes, Lord, but uh, I will pray for them. But that's it. We have to get in the action. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We have to give our right. The Amplified Version, get ready for this one. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself. Disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself on his own interests. Take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me. Come forth wholly to the sample in living and, if need be, in dying also. Ooh. I will follow you, Lord. I'm dying. <laughs> Lord, let me go and take care of my family. Let me go and take care of my, my father. He's very old. We have to die to ourselves. Because if we don't die to ourselves, there is a pride still there. There is a pride that we're going to have to deal with. And it's only some, it's, it's, it's no how, but when it's going to happen. We have to depend on Jesus 100% all the time. 100%. And this is a process. I'm working still on my process. And everybody have a different process. But we have to have the same goal. And it's to be like him. Number three. 
move towards trouble. <laughs> move towards trouble. Yeah. Yes. Matthew 20, 28. Just, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Oh, yes, he ran to trouble. There was a price to pay. There was an agenda. And the agenda, have your name, have your name, have your name, have my name, have your name that you're watching online. That was his agenda. So he was definitely, from the moment that he came into this earth, he was running to trouble. You know, the whole Bible is like a, it's like a wedding story. It's like a love story. You may be never seen that way, but it starts with a marriage, a union, and ends with a union. That's not awesome. <laughs> Church, the bride, and Jesus, Adam and Eve. The enemy have a plan against your life, all of our life, but I want to put this in perspective. Men's. You have to pray. Man, you have to fight for your family. You know that the, 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 the kingdom of darkness have a plan, have a strategy. And the strategy go against you first. You know why? Because men, you are the head of the family. If you are struck down, your family is going to go down. Your kids, children is going to go down and over there. And it's nothing against the ladies. Yes, the enemy attack you first, but no matter what the purpose is, it's always going to try to take down the head because the Bible said that we are the heads. We are the priests. You think about it. Eve, she came and took the fruit. Anything happened? Eve, pull the fruit out. Do anything happen? Eve took the fruit to Adam. Anything happen? Adam by the fruit. And then their eyes were open. Tell me there is no plan from the enemy to destroy God's creation, God's plan for salvation. Meanwhile, today in this place, we have mothers that are praying, praying for their marriages. We have men that are praying for their marriages. We have children that are praying for their fathers. Yes, because sometimes the fathers act more like children than their own children. But thanks God for this remnant. Thanks God for this generation. A generation that we raise up from here, that we raise up in prayer. That we show what is to take and stand against the enemy. Hallelujah. Move towards the trouble. Number four, do everything from a place of humility, no humiliation. Whoa. Do everything from the place of humility, no humiliation. We haven't called to put anybody down. We are called to love them. The world will know that we are his disciples. The way that we love each other. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus said, take my joke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. 
You know, a few weeks ago, I was, I was in the, one of the men's groups. And we were debating about this word. And came to my mind, I remember, back uh, in one of the mission trips, when I went to the field, I could see this picture. So when I, when I saw this, I could put in perspective what is happening. You know what happened? When you, when you take a young animal, and I'm going to call animal because sometimes it's a donkey, sometimes it's a bull, whatever the animal is, it will be so energetic and so strong and so that he will pull that jug and, and he will fight against the handler. And sometimes the, the, it's going to be all over the place. By the time that the day is finished, the beast is tired, but also the person. So in order to avoid that, what they do, they put a veteran, let's call it a veteran beast, on one side and the younger one on the other side. That way when the younger one want to pull, the, 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 the one, the veteran, can pull and can direct. Eventually, it's going to go to the same pace that the veteran and they've got going to pull in the same direction. And the person behind don't have to fight them both. So when I see this, it can, it can, I, I can picture what Jesus is telling us here. Sometimes we want to pull in our strengths. And we want to do something in our strengths. And we get tired. And we get defeated. Because it's not happening the way that we're expecting to. But Jesus said, you know, do it with me. For I'm gentle and humble of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. That is humility. You want to see humiliation? When Pilatus and Jesus were having a conversation, the Bible said that Pilatus uh, didn't see anything wrong in Jesus. He had done nothing wrong. But uh, to appease the crowd, to appease the crowd, he tortured him. He sent it to be tortured. To make mock on humiliation. To see that was enough for the people that were watching. We can see that in John 19, 10 and 11. This is Pilate, Pilate uh, speaking. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Do you realize that I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered. You will have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. This is so awesome. If it was a movie, I was like that. Because I mean, whew, our Lord. He knew when to run into conflict. But he also knew when to stand and declare the word of God. There's no authority given to you. It said the authority that is given from above. When the enemy comes to your life and telling you you are nothing, telling you you don't have no authority over my life, the authority that decides who I am is authority that comes from above. There is no power that you have over me. The authority, my king, my God, is the one that is the king of heaven. Amen. You tell that to the enemy. Tell that to all those negativities, those that come to your mind. There's no authority given to you. Number five, no compromise. It's, it's over there. No compromise. Don't compromise. Daniel did not compromise. 
Daniel 1.8, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the one that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Acts 5.29, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must, we must obey God rather than men. You know, peacemaking is not avoidance of conflict. Peacemakers cannot avoid conflict. We cannot be walking around our life and looking around pretending that nothing is happening. It is like the picture of the dam. And every time that we avoid a situation to reach out somebody, to bless somebody, it's like a crack is happening. And it starts leaking. And no matter how much, how long you will, you will ignore that situation, how long you're going to ignore that problem, that water leak is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually, it's going to break it. And what, what, what could be, have, have the opportunity to be fixed at the very beginning because our lack of action, it becomes a big problem. And that, there is so much hurt in church these days. People are being hurt and broken because something that, they, that wasn't supposed to be this big. It became big because nobody did anything. But no in this church. No in this church. Let this church be from the very moment that somebody walked through that door. You, you receive them with a smile. You bless them. You give them a hug when it's possible. Let them feel the love of Christ from the moment that they enter. So they can say, you know what? I haven't felt this before. Sometimes by the faith of your friends, you are the liver. Just remember that story. You know, when, when I was in Israel, they took us to Nazareth. And they showed us the way that they make the roof. And there was wood and stone and clay and wood and branches. And, and they make like everything like so thick. It was no easy task to break through that roof. As a matter of fact, when I saw that, I imagined that that don't talk 10 minutes. That had to be probably like 30 minutes or so, if they have any tools to get to that hole and bring his friend down. But that's what it takes. Don't give up right now that you're praying for somebody. I say, I've been praying for them for five years, for 10 years, nothing happened. I've been praying for my family for two months, three months, 10 years, 20 years, nothing happened. Don't give up because you may be so close to the breakthrough. You may be so close to open through that roof and deliver it to Jesus. Maybe it's a prayer away. And the enemy is trying to tell you, just give up. You see how long you've been praying for this? Nothing is happening. Not everyone that, that went to, to, to the pit like Daniel were delivered. But just as Daniel's friends, they say, when they went to the fire, even if not, come back alive, I won't deny my God. So even if the prayer that you're expecting the response that you are expecting is not what you wanted. Even in there, please. And I say, please, do not deny him. Do not deny him. First Peter 3.11. Let him 
turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. That means that it's a journey. It's a traveling involved in that. You have to seek peace. That means that you have to find it. And the only way that we will find true peace for our lives is in God. There's been so many imitations. So many imitations even from the old days, from the times of the Bible. But nobody can compare to him. Let it be like the times of Elias when, when all the prophets come together and they were dancing and chatting and, and you know, cutting themselves and trying to make fire descend from God. Let that prayer be your prayer. Because your God is the real God. Oh, you may not see miracles every day, but let me tell you something. That is a miracle every time that we wake up because when we open our eyes and we take like, Ruach the Spirit of God, and you will bring... Oh, that's another miracle. Another opportunity that we have to preach somebody, to tell somebody that God loves you. Don't let that opportunity go beyond, beyond the reach. Remember, our fight is not against flesh and blood. But we cannot avoid to get involved in somebody's life. Those were God's great, righteous actions to send to set things right for us. To give us a peace. Not like the peace that the world offer. We as the bride. Have to be prepared. For the groom. And I want to finish with this. I want to give you this illustration. I wasn't planning to. But I think it's the, it's the right time. In the first century, in the Jewish culture, there was, there was like the, the, the way that they get married. It was very beautiful. And as I'm probably going through the, through the different steps for you, you it's going to probably like Bob some stuff that Jesus said. You know, when, when, when the family was ready to go to the, to, the, to the bride's family, the father of the groom would give it a cup of wine. And in front of the bride, the groom, we drink the wine. And we, and we give it to the, hopefully, bride-to-be. And when, he's, and, and when he gives that cup of wine, he says, this, this is my life. I offer it to you. To take care of you and protect you for the rest of my life. Is the possible or the potential bride-to-be accept that wine. She didn't have to say a word. She just take a sip of the wine. It was the bride saying, yes, I do. I accept to be your bride. If the bride accepted, then he was, the groom will go to his father's house for, 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 for the time of a year they didn't see each other. But he will go to his father's house, no piece of land, to his father's house to prepare a room for his bride. Are you seeing it yet? There is more. And it's very exciting. <laughs> During that time, the groom can send a family member or a friend to see how things are going on the bride. To take care of her if she needs anything, if the family needs anything. You know, Jesus said, I will go 
para But I won't leave you alone. I will send my counselor, your friend. What is special about this that during this time is the bride meets the groom while she's doing the preparations, preparing the lamps, preparing the, 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 the utensils for the new house. She can take a sip of wine from that cup of wine in remembrance of the groom and the promise that he will return for her. The most special time is the bride don't know what time the groom will come for, for her. Usually, in the Bible times, we take about a year, but they didn't know exactly when they would come. That's why the bride had to be ready all the time. That's why the, the lamps had to be ready at all times. Because one day, without knowing her, they would come with the shofars, playing shofars, and there was a big crowd. And it can be on the night, can be on the day, and the groom show up and say, I come for you. Let's go to my father's house. What a beautiful love story. Everything, everything was in his plans. From the very beginning, Jesus said, I won't leave you alone. They even have a best man. You know? And yesterday I started laughing when I, when I thought about John the Baptist as the best man. He was preparing a way for the Lord. He's the one walking the aisle before the groom show up. Prepare the way because the groom is coming. Hallelujah. I say, God. Woo. And then when the, when the groom is standing in the scene, the best man move out of the picture. I don't know. Seems to me. He have everything ordained for your salvation. The purpose is like, now you can see the promise. He will come back for the church. And we as the bride, our job is to be ready. Our dress has to be pure. Our lamp has to be full. The only way that we're going to do that is by aligning with his word. It's, it's by standing into the peacemaker's cloth. And reject just to being a visual learner or the visual, a visual what is happening around you without getting intervened. Tonight in this place, I don't know what process you are going through, but there's something I'm sure you are not going through a process alone. Maybe there's something that has to come out of your heart. When Egypt was complaining and complaining because the Egypt, the world, was better than the wilderness. Ten times complaining about this and that. And God he said, you don't see it yet. I brought you here and give you the manna with your parents didn't experience. And I brought you here to the desert to see what was in your heart. 
Because it's in the process when, when, when the real you will come out. It's in the situations when the real you will come out. The Egypt was celebrating and singing songs and going to the, to the sea. But then when the process starts, I think this is too hard for me. Let us go back to being slaves of the world, a slave of the enemy. But I say, I brought you here to see what was in your heart. For you to see that not only by bread the man will live, but by every word that precedes the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Israel left Egypt, but Egypt was still on the heart. Don't let the world be in your heart. It's always going to be a fight. Push back. We are new creatures in Christ. All the old things, let us leave them behind. So tonight my prayer is as we depart this place, that when the enemy comes to your mind, and we have the opportunity as a church to, to stand for something, instead of doing nothing, we stand as one and generate. Just like John 17, Father, I pray for them to be one. As you and I are one. And when you have the decision to, the choice to, to, to be a peacemaker or a peacekeeper, let us be the, what the Bible calls sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Can you say amen tonight? Let us pray. Father, tonight in this place, I give you all the glory and all the honor. For you, Lord, and only you are capable of doing wonders in our life as you have done, Father. From the very beginning, Lord, your eyes were upon each one of us, Lord. From the very beginning, Lord, you knew every step of the way. Our failures, our victories. But tonight, we want to make a compromise with you. We want to depend on you, Lord. We want to put our faith in you, Father. We want to put our life in you, Father. Because only you have the power and the ability, Father, to change us, Lord. But you are a gentleman. You will enforce us, Lord. You take a decision. You take somebody to stand into the conflict. The conflict of our thoughts. The conflict in our heart. The conflict of the world. In silence of that and say, yes, Jesus. Tonight, I say yes to you. Tonight, I give you my heart. For you are a good God. For you are a good Abba. Espíritu Santo, no podemos hacer nada sin ti. Holy Spirit, we can do nothing without you. So yes, be our friend. Be our helper. Be our paracletos. Yes, you are our protector. Father, right now, I bless every single brother and sister and child under the sound of my voice, Lord. Bless those watching online, Lord. Is, is anybody, Father, that is dealing with, with sickness, with problems in home, with, with marriages problems? I ask you, Lord, ordain their ways, Lord. Show them, Lord. Show them, Father. Give them the vision. So they can come back to you, Lord. You are the good shepherd. Your life has given, given for us. The price was paid and paid in full. So tonight in this place, we surrender to you, Lord. 
We surrender to you, Father. I will give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody agrees, say? Amen. God bless you.